turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2. We do so every Friday, particularly this election season, with George Kaloff. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital. He is the best political consultant in the country, and we are blessed to have him here with us in Phoenix and on this show. George, happy Friday once again. Thanks for being with us. Happy Friday, Seth. Always happy to be on with you all. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I want to get to some tough cultural things in a moment, but first, and how they intersect with our politics going into November. But first, um, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, Governors DeSantis and Abbott, they did something big this week that I think people are still maybe not fully grasping the import of. Um, And it goes to our culture and our politics. As we've talked about before, Governor DeSantis may understand that intersection better than any other elected official in the country. But what he did is he made the media cover something and he made the Democrats confront something that they denied existed in the first place and found out, holy cow, Americans actually don't like this illegal immigration stuff when they're informed about it, not even liberals on Martha's Vineyard. Right, George? Am I missing this? Look, we have talked a number of times uh, together about how how important it has been the way that Governor DeSantis has conducted himself, and uh, we can add Governor Abbott into that, particularly what DeSantis has done in Florida. It's amazing what he has done. And this is part of our problem, and this will even dovetail later on to the conversation for the broader okay. uh, cultural uh, you know, issue that we're going to talk about. Good. Oftentimes, when we have a problem, we accept the narrative that the other side is setting, and then we sit on it and we sulk in it. And yep. what DeSantis has done is he has turned it on its head. Yep. They gave us a narrative, and he said, you know what? I'm going to up the ante. Yep. I'm going to show you that narrative. I'm going to triple down. And he's making them cover it. He's making them feel the ramifications of it. And now the average American is looking at it. We're going to come back to common sense a lot and say, oh, that doesn't really make much sense. Why would they want to not, you know, why don't they care about the border here? But the second it affects them, they do care about it. Yeah. He's making the mainstream media cover a narrative they didn't want to cover. That's right. And he's done that so often on so many different issues so consistently. Yeah, that's right. When you think I hadn't thought about that last part, he's done it on so many issues so consistently. That's right. When there was critical race theory in the schools, the left and the media would say, no, we're making that up. When there was the sexualization of children in the schools, the left and the media would say, we're making it up. So Ron DeSantis held press conferences of it, sought legislation to prevent it, took the ire and wrath of the media and the Democratic Party saying, well, going after it like this, okay, maybe it exists, but then... It's really a very bigoted or supremacist thing that he's doing. So they had to they had to admit maybe like a power addict. They had to admit there was a problem. He forced them to admit there was a problem. And then lo and behold, we scratched just a little deeper below their complaint against him. And we found out that there's this weird progressive dialectic that it's not just that there is a problem that they've been covering up and denying. 
But now that 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 it's being dealt with by Republicans, they're actually taking it a step further and saying now you have to mandate it. It's a, it's a weird thing, but he has held up a light to these problems the left is saying don't exist. Yes, and there's more. Uh, there are more clips of him online taking someone to task that asks him a question that's leading, that asks him a question that that is clearly using the narrative of the other side or that flaw, uh, falsely and flat out makes a lie yeah. and assertion on him. Yeah. And it is, it's beautiful to watch, not because we like when someone attacks someone else, or I shouldn't say attacks, but dunks on them right. or pushes back. What we do is we like when people stand up for our values and the beliefs that we believe in, right? Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, but he is leading on behalf of a broader movement of people that feel like our voices have been silenced and our voices have not been heard. And he is taking... The, the, the bigger, whoever it is, the bigger media, the bigger corporations to task on their flat out lies and assertions, and he is forcing them to cover it themselves. It is It really is masterful, and no wonder he is increasing in prominence uh, in the Republican Party. Yeah, and on tough issues that a lot of Republicans typically shy away from or shrink from, and it seems to me it's the same kind of thing that made um, – made the magic of Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump the magic of Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. They would speak and people would say, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah. Why is no one else talking like that? Right. That's he's speaking for, you know, Nixon called it the silent majority. I think there was something to that, a silent majority that's silent because it feels it has to be. But a majority that is there so long as the right Republican or conservative can speak to it the right way. Yeah, and and the what was the silent majority under Reagan turned into the silenced majority under Trump and a DeSantis, right? So this majority was being silenced by anyone that would allow uh, us to be silenced, the media, the other side, you name it. Then we self-silenced because we didn't push back, and he stood up, um, as President Trump did, DeSantis is standing up for those issues and fighting David Goliath-type battles where— to be clear, he is often David and his opponent is often Goliath yeah. and then prevailing yeah. because he is on the side of truth. Yeah. And he continues to do it on a wide array of issues. I can't underscore that enough. It's not just on one or two right. things he's passionate about. Right. It's the broader spectrum of issues. That's, that's exactly right. Now, attendant to this, and I don't know if it's the elephant in the room or the donkey in the room or anything in the room, but attendant to this is this whole abortion issue that Lindsey Graham put his finger on this week, touching seemingly a rail he wasn't supposed to touch, according to some of the commentariat. George, what should we think about all this? This is, uh, this is critical. We cannot talk about this enough. I know we've talked about it last time we chatted. We could probably talk about it every week and we'd never get old, let alone maybe even every day. Yeah. Um, Senator Graham took a position that a majority of Americans believe in, that a majority of Arizonans believe in, which is the common sense position that after, and we say 15 weeks, but if you think about it, after three and a half months of a baby's development, that is a, that's far along the process. That's in the second um, trimester. Yes, that is correct. In the second trimester, that that is a common sense place at the federal level where there is a consensus that can be reached. And he took that position and you would have thought that he, you know, went into the middle of town square and I don't know what he did. I mean, like, people right, 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 Abraham Lincoln themselves. and George. Yeah, right. Whatever. Right. A majority of Arizonans, a majority of Americans, not saying 70 percent, 
but a majority. There's not many things nowadays with as polarized as we are that, that, that elicit a majority support. And that's because independents, that's because Hispanic Democrats, that's because Republicans believe that that is a common sense, no-brainer position. That in, in the second trimester, that is a, that is a cutoff point. And he, and he set the bar from a federal perspective. And he allowed federal candidates across the country to be able to rally around a position that I'll reiterate for the third time supported by a majority of Arizonans and a majority of Americans. You know, um, George, there's a lot to it. We'll, we'll, we'll chop into a little bit more of it. But it is interesting. I don't I don't know what poll I saw recent. Might have been Fox. Might have been a Fox poll. I think maybe Byron York was writing about it. But he was talking about issues people are saying they care about most. I'd be curious what your polling shows. But if I'm remembering what Byron York wrote about this morning, he says it's the economy and then, and probably because the Democrats have made it an issue, he did say it's abortion. Are you seeing abortion coming up in top three, four, five per, uh, uh, number of issues that people care about, or, or, or is it not that high of an issue right now? No, we are seeing that. Okay. Right now we have okay. it as border, as abortion, and as the economy. Obviously in okay. Arizona, border tends to be higher than the sure. economy, even with as, as bad as things are, because obviously our border crisis. All right, so what that tells me, if abortion is in the top three uh, areas of concern, it's probably been put there by the Democrats and, and, and the way they have pitched it and portrayed it. I'm guessing you can you obviously clear me up and get us right whenever I go wrong here. I'm guessing it's because the Democrats have made it an election year issue. And if that is the case, if I'm right about all of that, I got to tell you, I don't want Senate Democrats um, having the run of the table as they are doing so with this bill of Schumer's. I want a Senate Republican to say, wait, we have an answer to that. At least that seems to me like like we shouldn't be shrinking from an issue they have made top three issue. It just seems we shouldn't be shrinking from it. We shouldn't be running from it. It's the same thing we just said about what DeSantis has been doing. Yeah. They've made it an issue. They call us extreme. They call us out of touch. And then we don't respond. What do we think the voter is going to think? If we capitulate and we respond in silence, would we not assume that the voter is going to assume that we are extreme if right. we don't tell them otherwise? I, I think that's right. I think I think the one thing the one thing um, that we can say it's true in the laws of evidence as it is in politics, is silence equals admission. I believe that is the way the perception results. Let me keep you a second segment, if I can. There's more to uncover here and talk about. I'm Seth Leibson. He's George Kaloff. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital. We will be, George and I will be right back. to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really great people. They're investors who do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of it. They are offering up a fixed, no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure, collateralized portfolio. You can check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y-R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. George Kaloff from the Resolute Group and uh, Data Orbital is with us. Uh, George, 
Uh, talking about some of these uh, cultural issues, I want to I want to go back to abortion for a second and then turn to a few other things. Um, how 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 best would you advise Republicans do talk about it? Some don't want to and will be asked about it. Some, like Lindsey Graham, want to lean into it. How should they be talking about it, whether they want to or whether they're asked about it when they don't want to? So a couple thoughts. One, leaning in, I will I will clarify, doesn't necessarily mean that that is, as a candidate, your lead issue, right? Okay. So Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham leaned in, but it's, I mean, this is something, is a multitude of things that he worked oh, on. Oh, yeah, let's, let's put so, a test out there on that. How many people until this week thought Lindsey Graham represented, you know, the pro-life platform as his main issue? Yeah, very few. Very right? few. Right. Um, uh, and, and, and again, and obviously he represents South Carolina, other people represent other places, depending on what state, depending on what district. And so you have to be wise in the area that you represent. Um, but life has to be part of your repertoire because it's going to be whether we like it or not. I mean, right. that's the thing that I always remind candidates, unless somehow your opponent is completely asleep at the wheel, which some may, or you don't have an opponent, I suppose, then, then you can kind of do what you think is best. But in general, you have to you have to have it be part of the repertoire. The other part that's arguably even slightly more important in the season that we're in today is because of the 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 um, energy and the anger coming from the left and the media and others in the time since the decision on Dobbs was handed down in the end of June that overturned Roe. We have to highlight and push back against, as we discussed earlier, push back against the inaccuracies of what they are saying that yeah. Republicans or conservatives do or don't believe, right? Uh-huh. Because it, it, it's in one thing. Fine, you don't want to lead in the positive, but you have to push back against the negative that's being um, uh, taken out against you because otherwise, as we said, silence means admission. Silence means capitulation and that you are agreeing with what they're criticizing you on, and that's not going to end up ending well. So we have to highlight, and frankly, the, the other thing, too, that's the bottom line is uh, what they're saying is inaccurate. Data shows us that the positions of Planned Parenthood and the left are unpopular and more, I should say, unpopular. Even if the, the, the certain positions of the right are unpopular, the left's positions are more unpopular than the right's positions. There's a lot of data that's starting to come out upon that and about that um, about that comparison. Yeah, that's right. I mean, wouldn't it, 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 I, I hope it's not too big of a too blunt of a too blunt of an instrument to point it out this way. What Lindsey Graham is representing is a cessation of a practice after uh, after 15 weeks. What the Democrats are proposing is the toleration and allowance of that practice with federal funding, by the way, all the way up to and including the point of birth. That's the difference, isn't it? One wants a common sense three and a half month, three and two weeks month ban after three and a half, uh, three, three months and two weeks. And the other wants it to go all the way forward with federal funding up into and including birth. Right. That's the difference. One hundred percent. And what we've also allowed the left to do is to is to not be painted as the party that wants that extreme position, because what they are doing to us better than right now we're doing to them is to say that we're the crazy ones and we want to ban it from the moment and it's going to hurt women and miscarriage and not allow doctors to treat miscarriages and things that are eptopic appendices, things that are not accurate. But that's what they're saying and we're allowing them to say it. Uh, but right now, there's no Democrat in the country that I know of that's saying anything, that, not that mainstream, I should say, that's saying anything short of abortion until birth, taxpayer-funded abortion, no minor consent for abortions, and no providing care 
for children born alive after an abortion that was unsuccessful, because those are all the official positions of Planned Parenthood and Emma's Lee's List and other organizations like that that endorse significantly Democrats from across the country. So what would we what are we left to believe if those organizations are endorsing them? They have to believe in the positions of these organizations that are outside of the mainstream of the average American. Yeah, that's right. And when you think about Planned Parenthood, you think about everything that comes with it as well, not only the federal funding, not only the extremism, but also their relationship to other unpopular issues. For example, uh, candidates cannot get an endorsement from Planned Parenthood unless they also sign off on their views supporting the defunding of the police, right? I mean, this gets us into another huge cultural issue here, which is crime, where I think Republicans can do very well. I would tie it all into the same thing. You support Planned Parenthood, you support more crime beyond the entire abortion issue because they have wed themselves to the woke, progressive, anti-cop set of policies that progressive DAs across the country are pushing. Fair enough? Fair enough. Planned Parenthood's wading into issues well beyond the issue of abortion, and they're getting other progressive groups to do the same, and they're kind of all in it together, quote-unquote, but they're not just commenting on this one issue. They are cops. They are um, on all kinds of stuff, decriminalization of this, and, and I mean, it's, they've waded far beyond their, uh, their, their limits, and they're getting other groups to do the same. Now you have unions that are commenting on abortion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it doesn't, they're, you know, Planned Parenthood's commenting on union rights. It right. Doesn't, doesn't make sense, but they're all wading into each other's uh, you know, business, and that tends to be how the left operates. Uh, George, how big, by the way, of an issue is crime still polling uh, with voters right now? Uh, it depends how you ask it, but it is still polling uh, well. In Arizona, often that border security uh, anxiety and the anxiousness around immigration uh, and what's happening at the border is because of the connection to drugs and fentanyl on our streets and the connections to uh, the lack of public safety. Uh, when you talk about local races, there's a lot of anxiety around the amount of cops and, and, and what's happening to our uh, police. We know that from you know the results of DA races and what we call here county attorney races from across the country, you're seeing these progressive um, you know Democrats get unseated uh, from their positions based on how they've just allowed crime to run ramshot in the cities that they are overseeing. And so it is definitely a big deal. It just depends on the nuance area by area. Fantastic. Thank you, George. Next week, I'd like to ask you, we'll have a little more time next week. Next time we're together, I'd like to ask you a little bit about areas, uh, populations the Republican Party is having uh, the toughest time reaching. I'm supposing just briefly it's young adults. Is that right? Is that is that one area? Is there another one we should be on the lookout for as we think about it going into next week? I think uh, I think voters under the age of 35 and, and continue um to how do we best reach these suburban, affluent, educated voters, uh, regardless of your political affiliation, Republican, but particularly independent. Okay. We're struggling sometimes to message to those, uh, to that subgroup as well. well. All right. We'll pick up on that thread next week. George Kaloff of the Resolute Group and Data Orbital. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend and Godspeed. You as well. Thanks, Thank Seth. you. I should say God bless. I am Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960, 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. If you want to maintain, protect, repair your health, if you want to boost your energy, Balance of Nature 
all the great stuff. 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables, strawberries, apples, papayas, tomatoes. We're talking broccoli, spinach, garlic. We're talking carrots. We're talking cayenne peppers. All reduced using their cold press process into their vegetarian capsules. 100% natural. Not a single thing added to it other than fruits and vegetables. No sugars, no colors. Best product I've ever taken. You can take it too by going to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code balance. Dave is in surprise. Hello, Dave. Afternoon, teacher. How are you, sir? I am fine. How are you? Very blessed. Thanks for asking. Hey, I appreciated the last segment, and I, I, you and I have talked about that for, gosh, it seems like three-plus years. Yeah. Uh, the GOP party needs to get better at retail politics, so working with George and finding out those demographics where we have shortfalls is the key to our our history right. and, and our future yep. as a republic. I mean, it's, it's bigger than just our single party now. That's right. But the establishment class is, is, in effect, ruining the republic for us and future generations. That's right. That's right. Don't you think this Martha's Vineyard thing is a good illustration of that? They didn't care about what everyday Americans had to go through until it was put on their front doorstep. Absolutely, sir. We've talked about that for a couple of years. I, we, we originally talked about during COVID, why don't we send the, the people that, uh, that crossed the border to Nancy Pelosi's house because she says walls are immoral. Right. But unfortunately, she doesn't live in a tent, so those right. people can't get into her home That's right. and take up residence. That's right. It, it's, it's a modicum of hypocrisy which has not been seen in any republic including ours. It's it's dastardly, actually, sir. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I was talking, I was mentioning earlier, I was talking to Michael Anton earlier in the week, and I asked him how you would describe this regime and its callousness to the American people, and he said it's, it's, it's something he scratches his head over. He's never thought of or seen anything like it either. It's really an amazing thing. I mean, I don't want to stretch the Marie Antoinette analogy or the uh, Nero fiddling while Rome is burning analogy, but I don't know what other analogies come close to describing the kind of distinctions we have to live in, distinctions based on unfairness, distinctions based on class. I mean, it is the perfect, the perfect soil in which to plant a socialist revolution right now. Absolutely, sir. We talked about it in May of 2020, and then when I, I met you at that special Save America event with uh, the three big heavyweights there and i'm going to see another one tonight oh good um charlie charlie kirk one of your your stable mates there oh, yeah. Salem. sure um but you know that the, the establishment class and the media they're complicit they use hypocrisy lies and projection yeah and and the theme of the biden regime could be gaslighting 101 could it not oh absolutely Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think they have shown uh, it could be gaslighting 101 for fiction for classes on the English and language arts, and it can be projection 101 for classes in abnormal psychology. I, I think that's exactly right, Dave. I think that's exactly right. Um, the funny thing is, until governors like Abbott and DeSantis rolled up their sleeves and started punching back as hard as they were being punched— 
they were getting away with it. The Dems were getting away with it. That's why they say, I say it kind of reminds me uh, of the metaphor of addiction. The, these people are addicted to something, ideology, power, maybe the confluence of both. But what DeSantis and Abbott did was make them actually do the first thing you have to do to overcome an addiction, which is admit there's a problem, which is what they hate doing the most, as every addict does. Right? Yes, sir. And it, and I don't find it uncurious that uh, Governor Ducey has not participated. He's he's rejected my nearly weekly calls to do something about the border since November 4th when I started out the Maricopa County Elections Board protests in the stolen election. He's done nothing to protect our sovereign state. And and that, I think, is impeachable. But unfortunately, there's there's not enough strong. You, you, and, I, you, may, you and I may have a dis- difference of opinion on that. It's it's his style is a little different uh, than DeSantis and Abbott. There have been some things he's done uh, in surging National Guards and, of course, using the shipping containers and expanding law enforcement down there, he doesn't. He doesn't do it in a way that gets the headlines, perhaps that DeSantis and Abbott do. He hasn't been the lightning rod that they are. It is a time for lightning rods, though. I agree with you on that, Dave. The lightning rod needs to illuminate the darkness the left is pu- pushing on us. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It is a delight to bring back the next U.S. Senator from the state of Arizona, the great Blake Masters. You want to help this man out? Go to his website, BlakeMasters.com. Blake, welcome back. How are you, sir? Seth, doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. You had a trip uh, this week that uh, should be all over the news. I want to talk to you a little bit about it. You went down on a fact-finding mission to um, Yuma and our border I love what you said. You said a lot there. I like when you said, call me old-fashioned, but the correct amount of illegal immigration is zero. It reminded me, I don't know if you saw the movie Avengers, when Phil Coulson says to Captain America, he says the things that we are going to be facing, we could use a little old-fashioned right now. Blake, uh, talk to me about what you saw in Yuma. Well, we got down to the border wall early in the morning. It was about 7 a.m. We got down in time to see, I'm told it was a small group. It was only 35 people, 35 illegal aliens just walk over into our country. Apparently, they were at a cartel stash house about 200 meters south of the border. Um, You know, the cartel is this professional human smuggling organization. And all these people just came in, and then, you know, they get loaded onto buses. And, I mean, some are probably in Phoenix. I'm not sure if any of these ones went to Martha's Vineyard, you know, but uh, we'll talk about that. They just, they're they're here now. And, you know, they're coming to your neighborhood. They're they're here. Maybe most of them don't commit crimes, but, man, some do. And and it doesn't matter because, in any case, they have no right to be here. Uh, You know what's fascinating, though, is we went quickly on the other side of the border wall because there's some buffer with U.S. land, so we could go a few meters past the wall. And... There are all, the, all this trash, of course, tons of trash. But in the trash, you would look down and you'd see identification cards. Yep. You'd pick them up, and I found ID cards from India, from Bangladesh, yep. from Latvia, from the Republic of Georgia. Yep. And we also found lots of Mexican residency cards. The yep. Mexican government sells residency uh, for a few hundred dollars. There's basically this cartel program where the people pay five or ten grand, and the cartel shuttles them over because mm-hmm. they know that Joe Biden and Mark Kelly will welcome them with open arms 
into our country. It's really just shocking to see it with your own eyes. It's shocking. I've been there several times. And one of the most shocking things is what you put your finger on. You just watch them blithely, calmly walking as if it's some just banal, expected process. You know, when I went there, I don't know, last uh, before before the current administration, when I went there, they were running. You know, they were running from Border Patrol. Now it's just a calm process where everyone just kind of watches each other do their thing. It's really odd. It's eerie almost, isn't it? That's right. And, you know, they all have money. They all have yep. plane tickets. I yep. found an itinerary. I found a fake vacation itinerary, you know, Expedia.com or whatever. That was a flight from Hermosillo to Mexico City, Mexico City to Cancun. Yep. And the person obviously didn't take that flight because they walked into our country. Right. They did not go to Cancun. Right. But that's the official fiction. Part of the cartel, you know, $10,000 fee was, well, we'll fool the Mexican government by getting this fake plane ticket to Cancun. And, oh, this guy from Bangladesh, he's on vacation in Mexico. Right. No, that's just a pretext for him to sneak into our country. This isn't like when I was a kid, illegals who would cross the border, like, you know, they would they would be walking forever. They were they were poor. They were destitute. Um, they were wearing rags. These people are, you know, not well off by any means, but they have paid the, the cartel 10 or 15 grand. They're being professionally smuggled. They're being run on buses and planes and. It is just this professional racketeering organization, and five million of these people have come in under Joe Biden and Mark Kelly's watch. Five million. It's an incredible thing to try and process. Let's switch it over. It's part and parcel of the same issue of the Martha's Vineyard situation, because I think that's kind of the brilliance of what Ron DeSantis did, is he, you know, too many people wanted to ignore the problem or deny the problem. Like addicts, they are denying there is a problem. And he forced the power addicts to confront the first thing you have to do in the grip of an addiction, admit there's a problem. That was one of the brilliant things about this, I think. There's a lot of layers to it. I'm, I'm curious what you thought of it. I was just so hypocritical, of course, for these people to, to all of a sudden complain. Uh, Yuma, Yuma sector gets 50 illegals on average every hour. Yep. Right? They get about 1,000 a day. Right. That's 300,000 a year. Again, that all adds up across all the sectors to five million since Joe Biden and Mark Kelly took office. But fifty show up in Martha's Vineyard, yeah, and these people freak out. They they complain so much. They call it a disaster. All of a sudden, they call like, that a humanitarian guys, well, crisis, right? Humanitarian it's, yeah, crisis. Yeah, yeah, they right. call Rick. They are they called Ron DeSantis the human smuggler, right? They said he's trafficking people. No, the cartel is trafficking right. people with Joe Biden's permission, uh, with Mark Kelly's permission. DeSantis is just pointing out, hi, how's it feel? Because this is what we deal with in Arizona every single day. So these people who pretend to be virtues, you know, they're, they're virtue signalers. They pretend to be, oh, well, you know, we welcome everybody. Nope. They tried to load up those 50 people just as quickly as they could. They mobilized the National Guard to deal with those 50 people. I mean, it's, just, it's so laughable. It's an incredible thing. They are sanctuary cities. I actually call them nullification cities, but they're sanctuary slash nullification cities up to the point when they have to deal with the problem that we've had to deal with low these many years, right? And then they're not so sanctuary and not so nullification after all, huh? That's these elite liberals. They're yeah. in charge. They make things bad for everybody. They pass yep. the cost off for everybody. Right. And when they get a taste of their own medicine, Surprise, surprise, they don't really like it. By the way, that is kind of the point here. They make it harder for most Americans while they can retreat to these, I mean, highly, highly protected elite places. One might say they have a barrier from the border. They had the barrier of geography and they had the barricade of money. 
until it was uh, until it was violated by Abbott and DeSantis, and we they erased that 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 border, that barrier, that barricade, and put it right on their front steps. Right? I mean, there is this elite, non-elite thing going on here, Blake. That's part and parcel of your campaign and things you're talking about too, isn't it? That's right. And the Democrats in charge, you know, they they live in a bubble. Um, they either don't know how their policies are making people suffer, or worse, they don't care. And sometimes it's some complicated combination of both. But I just, I've had it. I'm sick of it. They want everyone else to deal with the pain and chaos of the open border and the fentanyl and the inflation. Um, we just need to throw these people out and then actually govern wisely. Hey, Blake. Uh, Blake Masters is our guest. BlakeMasters.com. Blake, uh, when you think about that issue, that divide, and it's not just on immigration, it's on a whole host of, of other issues, the economic issues, uh, are those still prominent? Is it crime? Is it immigration? Is it economy? What What is it that you're hearing about most? Or is it really a series of social left-wing problems that kind of envelop the whole the whole kit and caboodle. It's all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. Arizonans are so mad about illegal immigration, but you can't talk about illegal immigration without talking about crime. Because that lawlessness at the southern border, it, it flows north, right? Homicide oh. in Phoenix is up 50% since 2019. In Tucson, it's up an astonishing 87%. That literally means almost double the number of people are getting killed each year. Incredible. Um, there's a war on the police that I find just unconscionable, yep. and and this crime wave that Biden and Mark Kelly's soft-on-crime policies cause, like, it's killing people, right? The fentanyl, it's killing people. But, of course, you know, there's also the economy. Yeah. That's not going so well either. Biden is lying by saying, oh, inflation's down. No, inflation went up from July to August, and, and uh, it's sky high. I mean, we have the worst inflation in the greater Phoenix metro in the whole country. They say it's 13%. I suspect if you measure it properly— Probably more like 20 percent, but it's crushing families. And the Democrats caused it. They caused it. It's not an act of God. It didn't happen. It's not like a hurricane. Joe. Bo- yeah, I was just going to say Joe Biden wants to throw James Taylor at the problem. Me and my audience and hopefully most of Arizona wants to throw Blake Masters at the problem. Blake Masters. I think I'm better suited for the challenge can there. Yeah. Use that. Yeah, someone. <laughs> Here's my here. He's my guy for fire and rain. Blake Masters, bless you, sir. Godspeed. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, and uh, I want to just thank you. I know how busy you are checking in with us and our audience means a ton. Thank you so much, sir. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Seth. Talk to you soon. You betcha. BlakeMasters.com. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Mike is in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. How are you? I am doing excellent. How's it on that side of the mic? Oh, it's fine. Thank you. Nice way to put it. Doing just fine, sir. Go ahead. Very, very good. Oh, uh, it was you were talking with Blake Masters yeah. there about James Taylor. It seems to me after the Paris attack multiple years ago, uh, didn't uh, Secretary of State John Kerry take James Taylor over there, so he serenade the French, <laughs> the French with "You've got a friend." Yeah, did he really? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disbelieve yes. it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was so long ago. Anyway, 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 they're outsourcing the here. Democratic talking points to James Taylor. I love it. Okay, all right. Yeah, there all you right. go. So we're talking about the illegal aliens, and you did an excellent job on your monologue. Nice. I'd like to add one thing to it. Sure. It seemed to me it was about back in about March of. 2021, uh, Jin Psaki and uh, Secretary Mayorkas 
they were being questioned by the Fox reporter Ducey, and there was a going back and forth about, well, this is a challenges of the crisis. Oh, yeah. This is the crisis. Right. And now all of a sudden we've got Mayor Lightfoot yep. in Chicago yeah. and Mayor Bowser <laughs> in Washington, D.C. saying it's a crisis. Yeah. Well, is it a challenge or is it a crisis? Uh, a couple other things. I know I got your uh, email in return. I sent you that report. Uh, from the Congressional Research yes. Service. Yes. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Yes. Uh, just just for the listeners, uh, you can go to Congressional Research Service, and it's R41576. And I took away two important things in there that uh, there's a lot of people, uh, what we have discussed here before, that the cartels are actually insurgent groups and the cjng they have taken over 25 of the 32 uh, states in mexico and uh, also another thing associated with the crime i heard a interview or a press conference from a sheriff in southern california and he said that 90 percent of the crime is associated with the border and drugs interesting when we talk about when we talk about the increase in the crime, but where is that crime coming from? Yeah. And one other thing, yep. uh, real quick here, uh, there was a new report uh, about our pullout of Afghanistan, and it stated that the State Department had ran it. I've looked for it. I've found a reference in the newspaper, but never found the actual report. E- email me a little on it, Mike. You have my email. Email me a little on it, and we'll get our research team looking for it. You're always such a great sentinel alerting us to what's going on. I really do appreciate it. Uh, that Congressional Research Service uh, report, R41576, 41576. Mike, bless you and Godspeed. Sorry we had to run because of the time limit. I'm Seth. Don't go away. We'll be right back.